Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to the NARSA weekly update for week commencing Monday, January the 3rd, 2022. And a very happy new year to all bears and bearettes out there across the globe. I hope you all had a great time celebrating with family and friends, toasting out a very successful year for our club and of course toasting in what will hopefully be an even more successful year for us on and off the pitch this year. It's Gary here again and I'm delighted to say that today is our 55th episode of the NARSA Weekly Update. 55, of course 55 will always be remembered as a pivotal moment and number in our club's history with every effort being made by the club coming to fruition to Firstly, stop the EastEnders bid for 9.75 titles in a row to give our previous manager his only league championship trophy as either a player or a manager and, of course, to reassert ourselves as the best team in the land. So, happy 55th to us, which, of course, means that next week is the 56th, which I'll talk about then as being, hopefully, the title number that we'll be going for in a few short months here as well. For this episode, I can safely say that our regular updates on the RTV and convention and communication side are pretty much the same as last week. Certainly the RTV and convention stuff is. So I'm going to spend a wee bit more time this week on a little bit of a look back into what happened, highlights from 2021 as a year and looking forward to 2022 in terms of our team and the club. I would like to start with a mention of the Ibrox disaster tribute held yesterday at Ibrox outside the, the ground, of course, at the John Gregg statue, with coverage being provided on the Rangers website and via RTV and all other club media outlets, I would imagine. You may remember last year that our NARSA VP Brian Campbell had laid flowers near the John Gregg statue on NARSA's behalf, and I recall at the time that he did it somewhat under the radar or undercover, so to speak, as the club had said prior to that, please stay away and don't do anything due to the ongoing COVID-related restrictions that were in place at the time. The challenge we faced at that particular time, though, was that 2021 was the 50th anniversary of the Ibrox disaster and there was just no way that Brian would be denied. And in hindsight, I'm very, very happy that he persevered as, as when he got there, there was a whole bunch of tributes already there and we would have kicked ourselves if we let that opportunity slip by. So thanks again to Brian for all his help and perseverance on that one. January 2nd, of course, will forever be etched in the club's history and memories. And once again, the club's leadership did a very respectful job of commemorating the historical significance of the anniversary for us. I also have a commemorative tattoo for the Ibrox and Hillborough disasters, Hillsborough disasters as well. So if anyone is ever interested in talking about tattoos that are not related to 55 tattoos, I would be more than happy to show you my Hillsborough and Ibrox disaster ones and we can maybe leave the 55 one for another day. For those that have listened to the pod before, they'll know what I mean by that. So the game segment for this week, unlike this time last year, we have no games uh, to report on with the Aberdeen and Celtic games succumbing to the plea from Celtic to postpone the game until such times as they are fully ready and able and willing to play the game. So in lieu of any games to talk about, just a wee reminder of the points per game tally thus far. As it stands right now, Rangers are on 2.55 
points per game and that other mob are on 2.25 points per game. So 0.3 of a difference there, just on the off chance that COVID and Omicron and any other variants that they decide to to trail out there are, are going to have any impact on the ability to finish the season or not. For RTV, just a quick reminder now that we have Ontario in a more strict and stringent lockdown situation and we've already had contact from Barry Rangers Supporters Club indicating that their bar has once again had to close and therefore they'll need more individual vouchers for their members to be able to continue to watch the games when they start back again. For any other Ontario clubs out there or any other clubs of course um, not not that doesn't have to be completely restricted to Ontario but Ontario being the hot topic of the day because the announcements were just made a little bit earlier please don't hesitate to get in touch with either Alan McWatt or myself to organise the vouchers well in advance of the Aberdeen game on the 18th. So you have two weeks essentially to get that organised. Please don't wait to the 18th and then be an annoyance for us as we try to ease into and enjoy the game day experience. The only convention related thing that I'll mention this week is that I downloaded a countdown app on my phone last night and when I downloaded it, it told me when I put the dates in and what the event was and stuff like that, it told me that it was exactly 150 days to go to the first official event of NARSA and in, 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 of course in wonderful Las Vegas, Nevada. So uh, 150 days to go, it's 149 now, uh, the 55th episode and all we need is some sort of 50 reference to commemorate Barcelona 72 and the show is kind of complete as a, as a tremendously robust start to the year. Just another plug for our convention frequently asked questions document. I say it every single week that if you need any questions answered on the convention, please go visit there and I'm sure your questions will be answered. If not, please don't hesitate to get in touch and we'll get you the answers that you need. So I'm going to do a 2021 recap. We started the year in a very dominant position in the league and it just got better and better from there with us winning the championship in early March, securing a British transfer record for goals conceded in, in a, a league campaign, which was 13 in total. And of course, being invincibles at the end of the, of the league, finishing with a record of 32 wins and six draws, ultimately concluding the season on 102 points, 25 points clear of our closest rivals. When I was doing a wee bit of research between yesterday and today for for this pod, because obviously we're a wee bit late on content, I did try to find somewhere that would tell me what the league table looked like this time last year, so we'd be able to have a comparative view of, of where we stood last year versus this year and, and have a wee bit of a conversation about that. But I couldn't find it anywhere. I googled it a bunch of times. I tried to get some help from my Laverne and none of us could find anything like that. So if anybody out there has... Uh, a site that you can go to and pick a date or a match day, you know, round of 60, whatever it is, and, and give us an, an idea of what that's going to look like as we as we move forward. That would be really handy to have because I'd, like I'd like to do those historical references now and again anyway. But anyway, back to last year. In terms of league campaigns, uh, you know, and this is obviously the 55 campaign I'm talking about, it was absolutely incredible and it was the most dominant league campaign I've ever had the, the pleasure of witnessing as far as it comes to Rangers is concerned and to a man the whole team the whole squad were absolutely astonishing and I reckon that in the moment and in the immediate aftermath and I would kind of count just now as the immediate aftermath we don't have a full appreciation for just how tremendous and historic it actually was the only wee thing missing was the fans being in, in the stadiums 
And, you know, imagine what that would have been like, you know, just to have, to have that footage to look back on and the experience for the players to look back on as well. In Calgary here, we were locked out for almost, well, I felt like most of 2021, uh, you know, and, and for both the last season and this season, we got a wee bit of a of a reprieve at the early part of this season and, and then we get kicked back out again. And and we didn't get the same opportunity to celebrate as, as a group as we wanted. So I kind of feel the pain of the fans that didn't get into the stadium a wee bit um, as well. So, and that, as I say, that continues today. We'll see what 2022 brings and the, the new threats of variants and the like. So great things from 2021. Of course, the 55th World Record League Championship and the trophy making its way back to Ibrox after 10 years. A run into the last 16 of the Europa League knockout stages, ultimately succumbing to a loss against the racists that are Slavia Prague. And after a solid 1-1 draw in the first leg in Prague, we just kind of ran out of steam a wee bit in the second leg at Ibrox and, and we're heading out in a somewhat kind of nothing game. There was no hassle or aggravation when... Their player just decided it would be best to racially abuse Glenn Kamara, kicking off an absolute shitstorm of trouble for their club and for the player himself, who ultimately missed out on the internationals and the Euros 2020 over the summer, which was at least some sort of just reward for that clown. In terms of the business side of things for 2021, the, the club's commercial partnerships continue to grow under James Bisgrove's stewardship, which showed in demonstrable net financial benefits listed on the accounts that were published last year. And, and the club also released a successful share issue, which helped a whole bunch of uh, worldwide bears become shareholders of the club and, and also injected some much-needed cash into the coffers as well. We also saw continued development around what the club refers to as a digital transformation, with a move closer towards a one-platform experience, utilising the convenience and security around single sign-on. And what single sign-on is, it means that you can you sign in, you log in once, and you can access every single Rangers digital platform, from the shop to RTV to whatever other offerings the club introduce in the future as well. And as part of the digital transformation, we also switched back-end support companies for our RTV platform, which has helped us significantly increase overall picture quality and reliability of the product in and of itself, resulting in much less in-game challenges for NASA clubs. I think we've maybe had one episode of a, of a bit of a challenge for this season. Other than that, everything's been pretty flawless. And, and and that likely doesn't sound like a huge deal for most who are, who are listening, but I can tell you from a game-to-game -game basis, not having personally to constantly check my messages and emails because clubs are experiencing problems is an absolute godsend for both me and, and Brian Campbell personally because we were, we were the ones that had the A on that before Alan joined in his capacity as the broadcast RTV director. So it's a firm testimony to, to the robustness of the technology that we now employ. The only wee gripe I would have about that is the turnaround of the on-demand functionality, which I've talked about uh, over the last month or so, and it is on deck to be addressed this quarter. So hopefully once that's done, then we'll be in really good shape for the remainder of the season and beyond. On the communication side, overall, our communication portfolio under David Graham and his team are solid, consistent, and, and of the highest quality that you can see around there. The, the club communicate what they need to communicate, when they need to communicate it, and, and just aren't at sixes and sevens like we, we seem to be at times under previous regimes. And 
It does seem to me that the whole one club ethos really can be sensed through how, what and when we communicate and, and the Bears and the, and the comms department are doing a great job. So congratulations, thank you and well done for that. So much so for me that as of late, when I'm looking for confirmation of anything, not a rumour or anything like that because the club wouldn't get involved in any rumours or anything, but actual confirmation of something, my first and, and only port of call is now not the Sky Sports website, but the Rangers website, and, and I can feel that same sort of behaviour from other bears around too. So once again, testimony to where we're at and where we want to go to in terms of getting our, our Rangers content and, and the comms on the comms front, they, they are really, really delivering. So congratulations, thank you, and well done to, to David and his team for all of that sort of stuff. On to, so each section, 2021 and 2022, will be... Great things and not so great things. For this section, I'm going to call this crap things for 2021. Uh, on on the field, let's go for that part first. Our, our dismal performances in, in last season's Scottish Cup semi-final loss to St. Johnson and then the absolute abomination in the the League Cup uh, semi-final this season against Hibs just a, just a few weeks back there were utter junk. For whatever reason, Stephen Gerrard just didn't have it in the cup competitions couldn't work it out and he'll have to shoulder most of the blame for the Hibs disaster despite him sneaking away from the club in the, the week leading up to the game Giovanni will hopefully fix that obvious flaw in our, in our cup performances and give us some Scottish Cup success come May this year speaking of Gerard, the way he left us back in November was just disgraceful I'm not going to go on about it any more than I have already but suffice to say the way that he did it is just not the Rangers' way. Watching the the BBC Walter Smith documentary that was that was broadcast last, I think it was last Monday or something like that, maybe whenever it was. Just to, oh no, before Hug Me Name, Wednesday or Thursday, something like that. Uh, I noted that some of the footage there had showed that even Graham Souness, when he left, held a press conference, uh, and when he left his back in the in the early nineties, you know, just to explain why he was he was going, and then just to kind of leave. And and even today, there's still a wee bit of rawness about. Soon as his departure, but at least he faced up and and you know said this is what I'm doing, this is why, and off you go. Fast forward thirty years, I don't think the communication protocols have changed so much that it wouldn't have been such a terrible thing to do, to do the right thing and and communicate properly. But let's just leave it as I guess just that's just not the Gerard way. The crappiest thing of the whole year, of course, was the passing of the legend that was Walter Smith on the twenty sixth of October at the at the really tender age of 73. I recall in the early part of 2021, there were a whole bunch of rumours sweeping the world that he had already passed. And and I got one particular phone call to that effect while I was on my way back from skiing in the Rocky Mountains one day. And, and at the time, I recall saying, actually out loud and thinking, if this is true, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and thankfully, it wasn't at the time because I always keep it, unless I know for a fact anything is true, I'll, I'll, I'll just say, well, let's just not... You know, make an assumption in case it's not true. And thankfully, at that time it wasn't. And and I did have a chance to chat with him afterwards, and and you know had some some good dialogue and planning for twenty twenty two, and him him going to come to the the convention and the like. Unfortunately, the cancer returned later in the year with a vengeance, and this time it it, it unfortunately took him from us. And the outpouring of grief and worldwide reaction to his passing just went to show what a special man he was to his core and. I'm assuming at some point the, the, the club will do something appropriate to, to honour the gaffer with a fitting tribute. I'm assuming it would be a stand being named in his honour, but maybe it's something else. I have no, I have absolutely no intel on that whatsoever. 
and we at NARSA will do something similar too. So so stay tuned for that and we'll, we'll communicate that when the time is right. I did say around the time of Walter's passing that we would do a special Walter Smith pod show with folks from the NASA executive who would come on and discuss their best memories of Walter and I haven't forgotten about that. So we will, I'm thinking maybe we'll try and coincide it with Walter's birthday which is towards the end of February and maybe try and get it done then. Get New Year out of the way, get ourselves back to playing football and then just get ourselves organised. So more to follow on that but I definitely don't want to leave that one hanging because I think that would be a good and fitting tribute and an, an opportunity for us to kind of grieve together a wee bit and celebrate of course at the same time so this that list the good and the crap was just a few highlights from 2021 to demonstrate just how strong a footing we're on both on and off the pitch so now on to 2022 our 150th anniversary year as a football club so great things that we know about to date uh, of course, the, the main thing for this pod, and I've alluded to it a couple of times, is the NARSA convention. In a mere 149 days, I'm getting a little bit of a squeaky bum every time I look at that number. We are expecting around 2,500 bears from all across the globe in Las Vegas, and it's going to be some party for everyone in attendance. And I'm sincerely hoping that we get to go ahead as planned and that we have the party of all parties. And even more than that, as I said, I'm anticipating that we'll have at least one trophy there and the 56th trophy and hopefully maybe the Scottish Cup as well to get two trophies to have our photographs taken with as well. So another good thing that we have going on this year is right now as we sit here recording we're six points clear of a of a somewhat poor Celtic side so I'm confident they will continue our fine run of form under Giovanni and secure our second successive championship and world record 56th championship to boot and we also have a last 32 glamour tie to look forward to in the Europa League against Borussia Dortmund which I have a feeling is going to be something pretty special for us to enjoy in the moment and laud about over the years to come as well I sincerely hope that's the case and, and we don't end up getting a spanking but uh, we typically fare pretty well against German teams and Borussia Dortmund are, are one of the huge teams of European football so really really looking forward to that and as I mentioned earlier and just did a wee bit there, you know, really looking forward to a Scottish Cup victory. You know, Giovanni will have, will have really lamented the fact that he didn't get an opportunity to play in the Cup final back in, in December there against against Celtic and get his first trophy under his belt after just a month. But I, I suspect and hope that he'll take the, the Scottish Cup very seriously this year and, and make sure that the players do too and, and get ourselves organised as well to get that victory and get the Cup back. For... The club, we just saw confirmation last week that they have launched the Weekend of Legends event, which the, the club confirmed just before the, the term of the year. And on the, the article on the Rangers website, it said Rangers Football Club will celebrate becoming the first major European club to reach their 150th anniversary by hosting a galaxy of superstars for a Weekend of Legends presented by Unibet in March 2022. World football icon Luis Figo will captain a phenomenal, a phenomenal array of talent at Ibrox for an unforgettable game against a Rangers Legends team on Saturday, March the 26th at 3pm before a special dinner takes place on the evening of March 26th. So that's most definitely something to look forward to and hopefully the, the COVID restrictions will be eased by then and the whole team will be able uh, to put on this wonderful show for, for fans across the world. We will, of course, get to enjoy it via RTV over here in North America. 
and the club are also progressing very well on the construction of the new Edmiston House with the foundations and superstructure already completed and on target as far as I can tell to date um, to, to complete the project uh, at some point this year to coincide with the 150th anniversary celebrations. The closer to the actual commissioning, completion and commissioning time, I suspect we'll start to hear a little bit more about what events are going to take place in and around the new Edmiston House to to commemorate the opening as well. And as fans, we've also been given the chance to become a fan, a lifetime fan member of New Edmiston House as well, further cementing the ethos of fan involvement and engagement wherever possible on new and emerging initiatives within the club. So that's great to see. And and this is under great things we'd like to know, and I'll explain why in a wee second. But today it was, I guess, I guess yesterday actually, it was widely reported that we'd be losing Nathan Patterson to Everton for a fee in the region of about £12 million, which will rise to about £16 million based on appearances and the like, uh, which is an exceptional piece of business for the club and really and truly is our first foray into the outgoings under this player trading model that we've been talking about for, it feels like, a number of years now. And to get that sort of money for a fringe player who has started something like a dozen games for the club is just tremendous business. And if we could get the same for Brandon Barker and Jack Simpson, I'll be happy enough with that. <laughs> but on a more realistic note, this is genuinely good business if it all goes through as reported. Of course, nothing is confirmed just yet at the time of recording. And, and it has Rangers in a really strong footing on a number of fronts. You know, firstly, we get some much-needed cash on hand. The, the reports were that we would get £9 million up front and then the, the, the next three in some sort of instalment plan. We haven't lost a bona fide first-team starting player and we now have demonstrable evidence for other players who are either at the club or thinking of joining the club that there is indeed a path from Rangers' first team to the English Premiership, which is a great advertising feature for the benefit of joining the club for, for younger players as well. And throughout the past year or so, Rangers have really stood firm on our price valuations for key players and a flat-out refused bids that just haven't met the valuations for the likes of Alfredo Morelos, Ryan Kent and now Nathan Patterson. And because you remember that obviously um, Everton were in for him towards the end of the, tra- the summer transfer window with, with lower bids than, than what we've got right now, if, if all the reports are to be believed. And it was reported that Rangers stood firm on these negotiations to ensure we, that we also got a guaranteed sell-on clause inserted into Nathan Patterson's contract as well. And they managed to do that. So, I mean, obviously that's not guaranteed money in the bank, depending on how he progresses and what his future career looks like. But it's just a great thing to, to see how Rangers are, are now more mature and more in a firm footing to be able to do things like this. So also another good thing is this sale might help us fend off any other sales during this particular transfer window as well. Maybe not, but I think if we were to lose another one or maybe two players, we'd still have enough in the tank in the squad. I mean, of course, and most certainly replacements lined up to to keep us where we need to be in the league table to get us towards that 56th title. So all of these things are are great testimony to to how far we've come and things that we can look forward to, to reaping the benefits of in... 2022. Things that might not be so great in 2022, of course, is the, the this continued COVID Omicron variant and the impacts to crowds getting into the stadia to support their teams. 
generate the required income for clubs and, and generally help us maintain a sense of normalcy around daily life. And it's interesting because earlier today, I had on in the background Man- the Manchester United game where they were getting beat by Wolves in front of a capacity 72,000 crowd in Manchester, just three hours down the road from Glasgow. And while appreciating that everyone is still trying to figure things out as far as this COVID thing goes and they're doing their best with the information that they have at the time, I truly don't understand how they can continue as normal south of the border and the Scottish game has been shut down early for the winter. I fear, once again, we're going to stumble all over poor decision to poor decision on this front. Maybe not, but I guess we'll just see what happens up to and including the 18th of this month whether we're back to capacity or something else. And the last thing that might not be so great for 2022 could be the prospect of losing too many first-team stars at the one time. So that kind of is, is a little bit of a double-edged sword. You know, there's some stuff to celebrate if the Nathan Patterson deal goes through as reported, but we don't want to lose too many, uh, you know, and continue or, or thus handicapping uh, the team to a point where we struggle to compete for the trophies that we want to be competing for. And of course, there's still three to play for as the, as the season uh, continues for this one so I can't see the club being cornered into such a situation and I also think that Giovanni would have some say in what's what on that front so I'm not too too worried about it at this point but every player has a price and if people come in with some desperate funny money for certain players you know towards the end of the transfer window you know it's nice to have cash in the bank but if we don't have time to replace players with players of similar quality then that could be something that we would be a little bit worried I'm a wee a little bit worried about I guess I'm saying all that stuff out loud to to try and ease my own fears on that so hopefully not too too much to get worried about but you know the player trading model should kick in to, to high gear now and and, uh, and and we'll see where that goes from there other than that the club are in a very healthy position to continue to progress on all fronts this season and I truly don't see any material dark clouds for us in, in the future certainly not the sort of dark clouds that plagued us, you know, over the past 10 years. And, and that's just a wee reminder of the shudder-worthy anniversary of the administration liquidation event that's looming here in around six weeks or so. That was uh, the, the Valentine's Day 2012, you'll all remember very vividly, I'm sure. So that's going to do it for this week, my friends. A wee bit of a different one for the for the first one of the year, but it was... It was it was good for me anyway to, to reflect on our immediate past and, and look to the future and see what's potentially coming our way. It's always good to just kind of pause for a wee second and, and kind of take stock of where things are at. As always, I cannot thank you enough for, for taking the time to listen. And if you haven't already told your pals or your family or your neighbours or your co-workers or the folks in the ice cream van or the folks in your local supermarket, you know, where and when to tune in to some stellar NASA and Rangers content each week, please do so. Uh, the pod will get busier and more content rich the closer we get to NARSA 2022 with guests and event notifications and stuff like that as well. So it certainly won't be something to miss as we move forward. So until next week, have a great and safe return to work for those that are in the workforce. All the very best. Take care, folks. Cheerio. Cheerio.